All right, and because three is a crowd, I'm here today, as always. Kelly, how's it going today, Kelly? I saw clouds for the first time in three days. Yeah, there are clouds outside in the bunker windows, yeah. We have been on fire. Fire! We are in Portland, Oregon, if you didn't already know. It has been, yeah, it's been really, really kind of, it's been terrible here. People are in very, very low spirits. The places that we love to hike and go to are being destroyed. And it's not even nature that caused it. It's a kid and his fireworks. So we're all we're all pretty bummed. Yeah. Um, I'm really bummed. So we have had that. Um, you can see it one way or the other. We've been lethargic because smoke has been in our lungs and our eyes for an entire week. Yeah. Or it's just that classic podcast episode twenty eight blues. You know, it's all <laughs> every episode twenty eight of every podcast is kind of this way. So I think it's right, a right. combination of We're the two. A legacy. a legacy, and we are among the elite in the podcasting world. <laughs> yes. I'm just calling it right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll look back on this, and it will it'll pan out. Watch out, cereal. Yeah, cereal, cereal. What? <laughs> I eat cereal for cereal breakfast. Nice. I eat cereal for breakfast. Can. Yeah, you could have just. So we are we are here today because we're not going to leave you. Without Bob Dylan, we are here today to talk about fourth time around. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. We love Bob Dylan. We listen to Bob Dylan all week. You know the spiel. I have listened to Bob Dylan roughly in my entire life. I mean, my entire adult life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of pages as the fourth magic number in physics. And speaking of force, this week we listen to Bob Dylan's fourth What's time a around. Magic number though. Is it like an ex- exponent? Exponent is the word, right? I want to say exponential, but that's exponent is the the postscript, subscript, superscript, superscript, little number, exponent. Anyway, what's the magic number? When she said, "Don't waste your words, they're just lies," I cried. She was dead. She worked on my face and took rig in my eyes and said, What else you got left? It was then that I got up to leave, but she said, Don't forget. All right, so that's fourth time around off of 1966's Blonde on Blonde. Before we even get into it, we're going to talk a lot of stuff today a lot of Beatles, a lot of Bob Dylan. I mean, I guess you would expect that. Kelly, how did you how did you feel with this this song for this this long week? I really like this song right off the bat. Like, I didn't have to warm up to it. It's just really fun. Yeah. It's got a beautiful little guitar melody that's very like jingly uh, the whole time, and it's just great. It's really sticks in your head. It's enjoyable to listen to. I was a huge fan. Great song. Yeah. Great Made song. me feel better about Blonde on Blonde. I feel like the last Blonde on Blonde track we got, I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. Yeah, last one we had was I Want You. Um, yeah, you warmed up to it at the end. You were initially completely out until we kind of like delved into what we thought. And then you made it a medieval Game of Thrones right. story. And then you were you were super into it. It was actually recorded on Valentine's Day, 1966, oh. which is quite the Valentine's Day song. Um, yeah. For someone. Uh, <laughs> it's either like an anti-to-become-one song or an anti or a pro uh, pro independent song uh, you can see it both ways we listened to 20 takes from the cutting edge bootleg series back to back they didn't provide us a whole lot they were all essentially the same version of the song right but it was a lot of fun to listen to the banter 
in between all the stop. That dude, whomever is uh, like running the booth or whatever. Yeah, Bob Johnston. I, he just he's one of those guys that you know he says why like he pronounces the H <laughs> white. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so something I thought was interesting about this, the other one we listened to the cutting edge for was I want you. I want you because it was off this mm-hmm. record too. So there's the whole this whole record's probably on there, right? Well, yeah, pretty much all of those three classic records, um, hi, um, bringing it all back home, Highway 61, and Blonde on Blonde are all represented on the cutting edge. Okay. So every time we get to those three absolute classic records, we will have not well, we'll at least have one version of them if he cut the in one take, which right. he does do. Um, that we will at least get a multiple takes of a lot of songs. Yeah. So that one was interesting because the song was totally different. On a lot of the versions of it, which I ended up liking better, which ended up making me like the song better overall because I got to hear these other potential versions of it and just kind of the process of it. And it's really illuminating. And I enjoy listening to the cutting edge all the way through for the track. This one was funny to me because they didn't change anything, not a note. It was the same thing over and over again, which I thought was really weird because I think Bob Dylan has a penchant for changing his own shit and doing a million different versions and doing whatever he wants, whatever he wants. Unless... As I'm noticing, he wants to do another someone else's song. He kind of wants to be a little more careful with it and be a little more direct with it. So you, on our playlist, put mm-hmm. a Beatles song, Norwegian Woods. Yes. It's the same exact song. And you told me it came out six months beforehand. It did. So I have a feeling that Bob Dylan was reluctant to veer off the course of a song that already existed. <laughs> Yeah, he might have had a very specific purpose for it. He needed it to be a specific way. His has a harmonica, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. by the way. Theirs has a sitar, but it's the same song. Oh, my God. That was the coolest thing about listening to The Cutting Edge, because Mm -hmm. that harmonica, when it comes in every time on every take, it's like, like, it's it's so good. Like, it's right there. I love that sound. Amazing. He's a master harmonica player. No, you're right. It's really I, – I did not get tired of listening to it. If it was the same stuff – that's why I like the takes. I kind of enjoy the 20 takers because a lot of them are all – you know, really, he only did it about five or six times, really. So it's a lot of listening to the song. But if you're already going to listen to it, might as well listen to the same thing over and over. Because even on the first take, he fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. Except for the very last line where he just kind of – it was the wrong inflection. And that was the time he stopped. And he was like – my bad guys i'm really sorry and i love that like even bob in the studio listening to the cutting edge through you don't get a lot of bob talking you get a lot of bob johnston talking but not a lot of dylan because he doesn't always have to do but in this one we got him like humming along the words to try to get people back on yeah, and like at one point that. somebody like comes into soon and he's like, "Who messed it up?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, really right. Well, just who who isn't together? The guitars and you there weren't together. It was rolling on eighteen. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh God, what's happening?" <laughs> uh, you know, I'm with you too. It's like it's not as illuminating as I want you, but it's a lot of fun because of those reasons. That's why I think it's the whole thing is very listenable, and especially if you take it song by song, it becomes more listenable because then you know it's going to vary. I like this because it's all one day. One session, there are no other takes of him doing this. But, you know, you also get things like I Want You, where you can see it change in real time. Yeah. And then Visions, which comes after this, which you, you get to see change over the course of a couple of days. So 
plenty of stuff for us to talk about. I think it's listening. I think it's worth listening to, if only because. Hold it just a minute. Let's save your voice, Bob. Just a second. Try that other button. Kenny, don't come in quite so soon. Charlie, point at him when to come in. Yeah, I, I was, I was waiting. I, he, you had his mic off, and I didn't. Tell, I couldn't tell where he, where he was through playing the harmonica. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Bum. Joe, there's just too much noise on the bass. There's too much finger noise, and there's too much when you hit those that one string for those notes. It's, it, it, it makes a horrible noise, and it's showing above everything. It sounds like a string rattling on the frets on a couple of them there, and it ain't going to work. I'm sorry. Joe, you're breaking up on that bass again. Like it's just starting all over the place. That top back is good. It's rattling. Like, the you know, two or three strings are like rattling. It's a bad sound, and it's coming in bad. Let me hear you play some. And you got Bob Johnson just stopping. Joe, your bass is too your bass is too high, Joe. I can hear a rattling in here and it doesn't sound good. A couple of two of them strings, Joe. Yeah. Play it softer, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so I said, uh, this is basically the song of Joe of Joe South's bass or the exasperation of Bob Johnston. So he was not having it. Yeah. I don't think Bob even noticed. I certainly didn't notice. Well, Every time he stopped, I'm like, At some point he was like, what? Can you play it back or something? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Just, ra- it sounds real bad. Can you hear, can you hear real clear? It sounds bad. Sorry, Bob. Save your voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the Beatles stuff really quick. So yeah, Norwegian Wood, uh, this is the prevalent theory. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, it is literally the same song. So this came out on Rubber Soul, uh, December uh, of 1965. So at this point, uh, he's recording it in February. It's only been out for three months. I once had a girl, or should I say, she once had me. She showed me her room, isn't it good? No, we She asked me to stay, and she told me to sit anywhere. Um. This album would come out uh, May, so at that point it would be about six months removed. So there's no way he doesn't know about this. Oh, yeah. They're similar in every way. Three or four time, the same type of like dreamy sort same of – melody. And the same like lyrical, not only premise, but also the way, the the way that the words – the, and the way the story is told too. It's yeah. like kind of out of sync and out of focus and leaves a lot of ambiguity. So this was unique at the time and and – is widely hailed by Beatles fans as like the moment where their lyrics became more important than the sound. Rubber Soul is their first real, I mean, in, in my estimation, the, the the time that they're no, no longer singing, I want to hold your hand. And even up to help and all of that, like there's a very specific sound that's there. And Rubber Soul really just demolishes that mold. So I, I think holding this up as a great song is, I mean, it's a fucking great song. And, you know, the Beatles rightfully so are, are credited with, a lot of innovations, and that's one of them. Like being interested in that, putting it in the song, and this is something again that I think they got from someone like Bob Dylan, where it's like I'm just going to sing like I sing, and I'm going to introduce songs that are complex and hard to understand because I can, and people want to hear that. At the time, that was not conventional wisdom. It was make a little song and give it to Peter Paul and Mary to go record, right? Because they sound good. Um, so this is um, this is really interesting, and uh, music historian Richie Unterberger. 
described Norwegian Wood as possessing, quote, more than enough ambiguity and ingenious innuendo to satisfy even a Dylan fan. The song's premise, of course, is an affair. Both of them. Something's going on. Uh, in the the original, yeah, he's essentially going over to someone's house, and it's just kind of a quaint little setting. And then he sets it on fire. Uh, possibly, or just sets a fire on the log, on the fireplace, mm-hmm. so that he can uh, wait for his lover to come back. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's decided to go through with what he was doing. He set the shit on fire. Possibly. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think Paul McCartney even was like, yeah, well, he, you know, he did actually comment on the ambiguity. He was like, yeah, well, maybe just let the fucking place on fire. It's like, damn, that got really dark. And I love it. I don't know. There's there's probably 95% overlap between fans of the Beatles and Bob Dylan. Yeah, so there's no there's I no world barrier. No dog in this fight. But I did pick yeah. a weird artist rendering of a Ouroboros for the my little booklet this week because that's what it made me think of. Circles. It's just like, yeah. Just so never The Beatles self. are feeding into Bob Dylan, who's feeding into the Beatles, who's feeding into Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and they keep going. And that's really what's interesting about it. Like, to the point that Bob Dylan actually played this song live to John Lennon. <laughs> and Lennon, in 1968, he had an interview with Rolling Stone, and he said, quote, I was very paranoid about that. I remember he played it to me when I was in London. I remember he played it to me when he was in London. He said, what do you think? I said, I don't like it. I didn't like it. I was very paranoid. I just didn't like what I felt I was feeling. I thought it was an out-and-out skit, you know, but it wasn't. It was great. I mean, he wasn't playing any tricks on me. I was just going through the bit. But, I don't know. I took it a couple of different ways. One, yeah. maybe he knows I was screwing around on my wife, and that makes me uncomfortable. Two, maybe it's like I like – I'm uncomfortable that he blatantly ripped me off. Three, I know he ripped me off, but I don't care, but it's making me feel weird because this version's better. So yeah. I don't really know what the true story is in that, or if it's a combination of all the things, or what. Or it's just drugs. Or he's just high and saying shit when people ask him questions. You know, and I, the Beatles obviously became the Beatles, but at this time, like, Rubber Soul, Rubber Soul was the beginning of that. So the idea that, like, Bob Dylan would sort of get them when they're young like that because they're trying this stuff out, I like that. That's That appeals to me from, like, a storytelling standpoint. But it is fascinating that it they never stopped, which is great. They kept going, and they wrote some of the greatest music ever made after this after rubber soul and after bob dylan so but anyways let's go ahead and before we dive into the song itself and we'll talk more about the beatles stuff um kelly you had a surprise this week i don't actually even know what you're doing uh we didn't actually even talk about it because this week has been so smoky and terrible but what 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 surprise what are we doing oh yeah yeah, this week has been awful. I had all four of my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, I guess it's on point. Oh, cause fourth, fourth time, time around. around. Hey. Nice. I just thought of that. On just so you brand. Know. <laughs> so it's like fourth. Fourth is really the only thing I can pick out of this title. So why not the fourth century? Not just <laughs> one fourth century, mind you, but the fourth century BC slash BCE and fourth century AD slash CE. Nice. There you go. There you go. So, so the fourth century on both sides. Yeah. Okay. Both okay. sides of Jesus. Both sides of Jesus. All right, let's start with the past past, shall we? I think we shall. Fourth century BC slash BCE, which went from the year 400 to the year 301. Okay. Roman, That's right, the backwards thing. So I'm just going to list off of some shit that happened. Okay. Because all I did was look at Wikipedia. <laughs> I didn't fine. give this too much effort. We're on fire. We're on fire. We don't have time. The Romans built their first aqueduct during this time. The Chinese used the handheld trigger crossbow for the first time. Nice. Which will later be relevant in Game of Thrones. True. Uh, but the first crossbow, the Gastrophates, translated to belly releaser, is invented in Syracuse, Sicily by the Greeks. It's this like uh, 
So it's different from the Chinese one because the Chinese one is a normal, what we think of a crossbow today, where you pull it back with your hand, like holding it with one hand, your non-dominant hand, pulling it back with your dominant hand, and then trigger to release it, right? Yeah. This one, this belly releaser, it's this weird contraption where it's got like a really, really long uh, stock to it. And then there's this little curved piece that you literally push against your stomach and lean over it and put it on the ground and pull, pull push down, push down instead of pull up. Whatever you're doing, when you push down on it, it uh, brings the string back. I don't know. Anyway, so that thing's That's also nuts. invented. That seems really clumsy. I know, which is why we just went with the other one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chinese astronomer Gang Day? Gandhi? Not Gandhi. Gandhi. Divides the celestial fe- sphere into 365 and one quarter degrees instead of the Babylonian 360. Is what we use, right? Because uh-huh. days and stuff. I don't. I, did, I tried to look into what the celestial sphere thing meant. I got really confused. Well, it's really on. nice because it's like perfect, and we just need someone to die, and then we can put all these three hundred sixty-fives into a convenient little spot, <laughs> and we can go two thousand seventeen years in the future. That's right. right. Or in this case, two thousand four hundred seventeen years in the future. Yeah. Way to go. Oh, the first donkey-powered mills are used in Greece. Donkey-powered? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I guess I don't know what they were doing before. Maybe having people do it. You know what? Or maybe not doing it. Ooh. Or doing it on such a small scale. Yeah. Good point. Man, once they find out water can do it. Wind, too. And wind. Yeah. Game changer. Technology's coming. Ooh, or maybe that's what they were using, and then they switched to donkeys. Mm. That seems like it wouldn't be the best. I feel like water's going to be the way to go. Water's the way. I mean, we use water like that up until the 1800s. So water is going to win out. Yeah. Water's life bringer. You need water. People that are hanging you don't out at that time, you don't need donkeys. No. But they're better to have around. They're good. They're good companions. <laughs> better with donkeys. Yeah. Probably. And if you got a mountain, you want a donkey to help you up and down it to at least haul your shit. But if you then again, if you have a mountain, you probably don't have like a really serviceable river. So mm. then you need donkeys to then also make your power. Yeah. Okay. It's a conundrum. Right. People rolling around during this time. Yes. Might have heard of them. <laughs> Plato, Aristotle. If Wikipedia has, I might have heard of that. <laughs> Epicurus. Um, Zhuangzi, Chinese philosopher who wrote one of the foundational texts of Taoism. And yeah. I'm sorry, this person's name is not pronounced like this, but Charles it is spelled Berkeley. like this. Panini, uh, Sanskrit linguist, grammarian, and... NBA star? Revered. Holy shit. I was like, what's never Ed mean? Uh, <laughs> revered Hindu scholar, considered the father of Indian linguistics. Nice. Indian linguist- linguistics. Wow. Rough. I wanted to say linguini. It's been. Because it's, been... it's Panini. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> happening. All right. It's the smoke. It's the smoke. I know. All right. So that's. Uh, that's. That's the BCE. BCE. Now we're going to jump to. Also known as. BC. BC. Before now we're doing BCE slash AD. Yes. Which is 301 to 400. Because mm-hmm. centuries are like, that's one behind. Right. It's one behind. Doesn't that start took me a long time to know. I didn't know that until like two years ago. Oh, wow. I've yeah. been living on the struggle bus. Big year. And by year, I mean century for <laughs> Christianity. Uh, Armenia and the kingdom of Askum adopt Christianity. Armenia is the first nation to declare it a state religion. Constantine the Great yes. ends persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire, and Constantinople becomes the new seat of government. Yes. He is baptized on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. The Huns invade the Sassanid Empire. Uh, Eight-point-something eight earthquake strikes the eastern Mediterranean. 
the following tsunamis because of the earthquake destroy a bunch of Greece, Crete, Libya, Egypt, and Cyprus. Oh, and Sicily. Christianity becomes the official religion of the Roman Empire after Theodosius? Theodosius? The first? Theodosius. Theodosius. Theodosius, yes. Uh, the first bans pagan worship in uh, sometime between 378 and 395. An early 4th, 4th century audience hall, known as now, today, the Basilica of Constantine, is built in Trier, Germany. Uh, the stirrups are invented in China. Whoa. The Kama Sutra, or parts of, it's like a compendium. So, yeah. like, over time, it took like 200 started years. started having sex. Yeah. Uh, people didn't start having sex until 400, <laughs> until 400. BC, or AD. Yeah. Current era. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so, so it started then, and then uh, the Codex Synapticus and the uh-huh. Codex Vaticanus, like Vatican, yeah. Vaticanus, gracious, 1209, whatever that means, which is the early Christian Bibles, earliest Christian Bibles are written. People rolling around in this time. Hypatia, she's a Greek mathematician, astronomer, inventor, and philosopher in Egypt. Head of the Neoplatonic School uh-huh. at Alexandria, which is where that famous library was that got destroyed and fucked us up a whole lot. That's right. Uh, she taught philosophy and astronomy. She was pagan. She was murdered by a mob of Christians. Nice. Atlatl Kowak was ruler of the Teotihuacan. Oh. Yep. Um, Atlatl is actually a pri- primitive weapon. It's like a weird thing. They use it on Naked and Afraid all the time because everybody's like, I'm a master of primitive weaponry. And they always <laughs> try to make an Atlatl and never succeed. Nice. It's amazing. Um means spear thrower owl at Lado Kawaka. So they, uh, cool. it's apparently a really common name to just give people who are in like the leadership position. So this might not be a specific person, but at some point during this time, yeah. that dude ruled this area. Nice. And Fa Jian, he was a Chinese Buddhist monk who walked, walked from China to India, nice. wrote about his journeys in a travelogue, which has the longest name of anything ever, I'm pretty sure. A record of Buddhist kingdoms being an account by the Chinese monk Fajiang of his travels in India and Ceylon in search of Buddhist books of discipline. Nice. Because that's what he did. He visited all like the big Buddhist places oh, all the way cool. from uh, China to India or India to China um, looking for Buddhist books and stuff like that. So, And then documented his travels. What a badass. I know. The first travelogue. Probably not the first. I don't even know what a travelogue is. 100% travel journal. Right? Yeah, travel journal. Yeah. Just like Lewis and Clark. Like telling your travels. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That was amazing. Well, it was the most I could do during a hard week. Yes, so. we learned so much, and I would much rather have a little bit of smoke in my eye than to have a tsunami take me out in yeah. Sicily in 400. Yeah. Yeah. Weather's really bad right Count now. Count our blessings, yes. That we're not living in 400 and dead. Yeah, or now during hurricanes. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Be safe. Be careful. It's terrible. All right, so well, let's just uh, let's talk about the song itself. You know, everybody out there in the world has listened to the song with us. Hopefully, you've been able to procure the cutting edge tracks. I I love it because if you've listened to the rest of Blonde on Blonde, where you have that wild Mercury sound, you've got a lot of bluesy rock. This is a nice little break. Like I think Blonde on Blonde is probably going to be the most interesting one for you because it is a gradual bridge that gets built. It's not really like an obvious one where like you listen to an acoustic record. It's going to be an acoustic song next. This one's weird because it kind of goes all over the place. I think, again, I'm back to being scared of Blonde on Blonde because I was like, oh, if the most record sounds like this song versus I Want You, then it'll be great. But if it sounds mostly like I Want You and not like this song. If this I think is I outlier. Want You stands out as well. That's kind of a weird outlier. See, now I don't know anything. Yeah, I know. That's the point. <laughs> I and mean, that's what makes it a great record is that it doesn't really, it defies your expectation. You go from one song to the next. You're like, oh, well. 
Yeah, I think the only other song you've heard from it is like is just like a woman, which I mean, the version from Rolling Thunder is not the same as. Right. That's it, though. I don't think we've listened to any other one. So. Because I want to be your lover is actually not on that. No, but it was recorded, but. Same time. Yeah, yeah, it was recorded before I want you. So, yeah, just kind of one of those early like I'm playing around. So the three four time is fun. The fast waltz is fun. I like that they committed to it and stuck with it. Obviously, if you're kind of imitating another song, that's cool. But even they were imitating uh, in the Wikipedia. Just doing a quick Norwegian wood look, they started that song Dylan esque six eight. <laughs> so they wanted to be Bob Dylan. I wanna be Bob Dylan. Kind of gross. What? Yeah. What? You know the Cat and Crow song? I Mr. Be... Jones oh, yeah. and me. He yeah. says that in there? Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah, one of the breakdowns is, I want to be Bob Dylan. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Also learned a word this week. You will be. I'm taking your shit. I'm nice. taking your shit. Strophic. This song is completely strophic. S T R O P H I C. Strophic. Which is to say that it has a verse, 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 verse structure. No interludes. Oh. So use it in a sentence. Kelly hates strophic songs because <laughs> they don't have a chorus. That's okay. That didn't bother me in this song mm. at all. But uh, yeah, it can. Yeah. Sure. I think. Um, if there's enough variation, like I think harmonica is such a cool instrument that it breaks up any weirdness in a thing. But also with John Wesley Harding, I didn't feel like that was a problem last week because it was three verses structured out, all of them kind of telling a story. Yeah, you don't really need – there was no choruses yeah. last week. Maybe I'm growing. Who can say? I think Bob Dylan's just one of those that's not going to give you a pop hook. And I, I've always gravitated to that. I like the bands that sort of tease something and then take it away from you. I'm into a hook. Uh, yeah, I'm into the hooks that give it to you twice and then they tease the third and then never deliver. I like those because then it makes me want to really listen to the songs. What is it? Because the hook will bring you down. Is it down or back? Back. Probably back. Probably back. I hope I the hook doesn't bring you down. No lies. Loose traveler, my friend. Nice. <laughs> hey, you're the one who brought up Counting Crows. If we're going to go there, let's just go there. We went there. We went there. Okay, so the song itself, I mean, like we've been teasing at this whole time follows a structure this is what interested me the most because i I, i've looked at the song before i've never really dug deep into the song it's kind of like norwegian wood and i think the 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 beauty of that song and the beauty of this song is that they're so beautiful to keep saying the same word um (laughs) that you don't really think about the words Uh, john lennon wanted to write a song about an affair that you wouldn't know is about an affair Unless you dug in or put your own self into it. And I think he succeeded. I think it's an it's a very ambiguous song. This as well, I think, succeeds immensely because he is telling a complex story between um, a her, a me, and a you. You being the listener character. That's hard to do in the best of times. Um, but in a song, that's even more difficult. Because you've got to, you're like intricately plotting these things and trying to have them all make sense. And I thought that he definitely succeeded. So Kelly, 
let's talk about what it's about. What did you, looking at the lyrics and everything like that after listening to it all week, what, what, what did you get? Another medieval, you know, like <laughs> landscape portrait? No, nothing that fun. Uh, this song is really, really dark to me. It's very dark. Um, I don't really have any notes about the lyrics specifically, other than when he's like, "Don't, don't waste your words. They're just lies." I mean, that's kind of obviously to me. Like, I'm not, I'm not tr- lying. You just can't hear me. Like, you don't want to listen to the, the actual truth, kind of thing. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, worked on my face until breaking my eyes. Damn. Um, but the I think the song is about a really abusive relationship. Um, I I didn't know that it was like necessarily an affair type situation it's more of just like a young it's like a romance i mean i guess you can attach young if you want to because bob was young and we've all been young but yeah it's like a romance gone bad yeah two lovers are in a spat and then there's this other person who is that person oh i see i didn't even know there was another person yeah that's totally another person he's singing this song to you but talking about another so that's where the triangle comes see i didn't get that at all like at the very end when he's when he's saying um and when I was th- like when when she, the body falls to the floor, you know she screamed till her face got red. Then she fell oh, on the he floor, does go and, from... and I covered her up. Then I thought I, I thought I'd go looking through her drawer. And when I was through, I filled up the shoe. I filled up my shoe and brought it to you. And you took me in. You loved me then. You didn't waste time. I mean, just a casual listen. I understand why you didn't take it in because it's almost as if he's singing to. The person that fell on the floor that was going through all the shit. I totally didn't notice Mm -hmm. it switched from she to you. Yeah, and he does it earlier too. Which, if it was just at the end like that, you can almost excuse it. But then there's a moment where where he's talking about uh, sort of it going back in the past, and I tried to make sense of that picture of you in your wheelchair that leaned up against her Jamaican rum. Right, right, and when right. I did come, I asked for some. So he's saying, I right. saw a picture of you in a wheelchair, whatever that means, Whoa. sitting on her desk. See, I know, right? Like, yeah. oh, it sort of like starts blowing your mind. Yeah, it's really fun because I did not have three people in mind when I heard the song, first of all. Yeah. And I always like knew it was about Norwegian Wood, roughly, just because you know that stuff if you're me. But then you, you kind of get the affair vibe and you can see like there's this spat, essentially. But I never thought wow. – there was somebody else involved and then he was singing to that specific person. So that's like a dimension right there that sort of exceeds Norwegian wood. Like we've uh, just have two people, one person musing upon it. And this is introducing all these elements into this one really, I mean, surreal song. I mean, what the fuck he's filling up a shoe and like the wheelchair thing so, is, okay. I don't even know what those mean. So like, I totally did not get the third person that makes a lot of sense now, but I think I could still swing it. I think you can, because I think you can, go from reflecting upon your past like in an instant into the reality and backing out and just like and if we've learned anything from Bob Dylan I mean Tangled Up in Blue this is years before that when right. he perfected that with, with that song but yeah things I mean, can be completely out of time and out of place out of time and out of place yeah, yeah totally so I'm going to stick with the two people because cool. that's where I went um, I, I took it as uh, this person was in a car accident maybe some kind of horrible accident and they were in a wheelchair for at least some time they got addicted to pain medicine or like a transition from there into maybe heroin but either way they were on opiates for something like, and it gave them horrible mood swings i think you're taking drugs for your wisdom teeth, and so you're <laughs> you're like this could be me maybe i'm gonna be in a wheelchair from my, no, no, no. my teeth being no out. pain medicine just makes me nauseous and okay. uncomfortable so no. you might need a wheelchair to get moved around it though nope so i i just took it um i'm sure you've Never seen this movie that I can't think of the name of. Um, Good. Gia. It's about, it's actually a true, based on a true story. It was an HBO original movie about uh, this model, Gina Garani? Garano? Garani? Sure. Uh, 
in the 80s, right, during the AIDS epidemic, and she actually gets AIDS. She's one of the first, like, not first, but before, you know, people actually knew what it was and yeah. everything. And she's, like, crazy bad off on uh, drugs and stuff, and she's in this relationship with this woman. She's really abusive. So, like, I kind of had visions of, of that mm-hmm. uh, with this. So it was just, like, he the narrator and I did this person's generalist to me anyway so but like it's Bob Dylan singing so if you want to take it that way but well I thought of that the whole time I was like this this could be just a girl this could could be be all girls yeah Yeah, Uh absolutely um so this person is trying to stay connected with this like maybe they weren't on drugs before but I think like in my head the story is accident happens the person that um they're singing to uh she becomes addicted to drugs and then they she pulls the narrator down with her and they just get into this really shitty thing, and and the narrator's trying to be strong and trying to be okay, and they keep bringing bringing them back in, and just like being like, "Fuck you, get out of here! No, come here, I need you." And then the the one verse in the song where he's talking about going through the drawer, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, to me that that's the same person because it's like she's flipping out, she's in one of her episodes. I like I'm trying to take her keep her drugs away, like she's breaking down, like yeah, like she's throwing herself on the ground because mm-hmm. I'm trying to we're I'm trying to get us clean, I'm trying to do the right thing and she's freaking out and punching me in the face a million times. So it's like fine, screw it. I went to her drawer, I filled up my shoe with all her pills and threw them at her and just I can't do this anymore. And then she loved me again yeah. because that's all she wanted. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cause like, well, and you're almost talking about two different people. You're talking. Right. Mean, exactly. That's why ooh. it makes sense. Cause there's a split there. It's like, you're, you're not the same person yeah. when like, you're okay when you're high. And then the second you start coming down, we're just like fisticuffs. And yeah, this is, this is like cold irons bound all over again. <laughs> no one has ever said something like that. That's really good. Oh, you don't think so? No. Oh. I promise you. Yeah. No. There's a scene in Gia, by the way, where that kind of happens. Gia's yeah. like getting uh, like, it's not Laura Dern. It's a, ooh, it's the one that was in uh, Lost. 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 Nice. Lost. <laughs> We're not gonna work because it's cans. Anyway, uh, that the woman who's the lost blonde one who plays Juliet. Yep. Yeah. Nice. She's the opposite to Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie is the main character. Star studded. It's great. They make out. It's wonderful. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that sounds great. But the Angelina Jolie's like, I swear, I'm clean. I'm clean. Uh, uh, and then she goes to not Laura Dern's house, and she's like, okay. She's like has the drugs in her hand. She's like, "Do you want me or do you want this?" And then, mm. and then Gia's like, "No, I'm fine." So she puts it behind her back. She like puts her drugs behind her back, and Gia comes up. She's like, "No, it's fine." She kisses her and then reaches behind her back and takes the drugs and fucking goes out the window, just like jumps out the window. Well, she broke oh. into the house through oh. the window and then just like, yeah. Damn, so this is a hundred percent what this I thought of instantly Ooh. is this kind of situation. That's dark. This is what makes you do everything. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not me. It's not you. It's this. You choose. Come. Come on. Yeah. This. Or me. This. I love I it. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> no, that's that sounds great. I mean, the, the only other, other way, I mean, the, the way that it works for me is probably way more formulaic, which is that we have three people. Right. And, yeah, essentially you're almost recounting this other person and you're telling them that they're everything right. and then and then you know talking shit behind you know there's their significant other still at the time or soon to be ex or whatever you know you get with the person and you're like i'm gonna break up with the, right. with them and then you sort of that becomes like this unifying thing between the two of the two people on the side which is like you i'm gonna break up with her yeah you're gonna break up with her and then we can be together but first i have you. to do or or it does happen but it turns out to be really 
kind of like a weird shitty Violence. thing yeah well and that's the thing it leaves ambiguity as to why she fell i mean obviously she freaked out and her face turned red and all this drama but then like did she die like mm. i don't know i mean if you talk to paul mccartney who was into burning down houses <laughs> i feel like yeah paul's like yeah she fucking died right well, there he does say you <laughs> covered her <laughs> i know that's what kind of makes it weird yeah. so maybe he killed her i mean this goes back to cold iron's bound exactly maybe he killed her <laughs> maybe the the skies of blood the blood red skies are Bob Dylan just murdering left and right. Yeah, I mean, me, I think just, it's ambiguous. Yeah. She fell on the ground. She's having a fit because she's going through withdrawals. Narrator covers her with a blanket, goes, gets her fucking pills, and throws them in her face. And That's great. Cute. That's so good. I love that so much. When I was through, I filled up my shoe and brought it to you. And you, you took me in. You loved me then. You didn't waste time And I, I never took much I never asked for your crutch And I don't ask for mine And then he ends his with and I never took too much. I never asked you for your crutch. Now don't ask for mine. Ooh, that was the other part. Which of my story one. is like if they're both drug addicts, like, if if you're going to be shitty about this, you can't be shitty about me. Like, if that's a tumultuous part of the relationship, too, just, like... Yeah, like, totally. Like, especially if one of you's trying to get clean or not, like... Or maybe they had another vice, maybe they weren't even a drug addict, the narrator yeah. person, they just, like... Maybe, maybe even they were, like, an infidelity thing where it's, like, if you can't keep yourself clean, I'm going to be over here, and if you're yeah. going to come at me because you're mad, I'm over here. Well, and also, if you look at it, too, it's it also contrasts directly with the end of the first verse where she... But she said, don't forget... Everybody must give something back for something they get. She is essentially in this quid pro quo relationship where at the end Bob Dylan is essentially saying we're two we're two people. And really that's what he likes about the third person is that they're they don't they don't need codependency if you want to read it like that. But the way that he's talking to you is very different than the way that she was talking to him or my favorite version of the song, which we did not talk about, oh, yeah. is when um, you only listen to the left speaker. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, told um, me this. I listen to music in earbuds most often, and I usually only have one in. A lot of mixes now are mono mixes, so that like you can do that. Um, but a lot of older music had quadraphonic sound when we mm-hmm. had 8-tracks, which is four fucking speakers, uh, which they had to go down to stereo because it's like, come on now. Yeah. Uh, but so this is a, a stereo mix. So the left side sounds completely different than the right side. Uh, and not completely, it's still the same song. But So the right side has uh, the drums and the uh, harmony, the guitar, the, like, so the second guitar, back to yeah. the guitar. And then the left side has, the harmonica has Bob and it has that jingly, like, ding, 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 ding. Yep. It's so pretty to just <laughs> listen to that side of it. I like the song as a whole, yeah, yeah. but it's a really, that's my favorite version. It's the really left cool. earbud, nice. uh, left speaker version. Yeah, the mono mixes were incredibly popular and very, very, very well received. I think they came out in 2010, I want to say something like so you that. Could hear that whole, the whole thing. Yeah. On, yeah. And that's, I guess, the way that you know it's supposed to be in the stereo mixes people. Uh, John Wesley Harding was a pretty atrocious stereo version that a lot of people just just hated it is better when you have a person actually sitting in a room making music and that's something that certainly comes off here and the cutting edge makes it even better because you start to realize that oh my god if that guy fucks up that opening guitar part Mm -hmm. you know the song never starts the song is never going to go to where it has to go and that guy has to be precise every time every time and bob i mean that's the beauty of it 
and playing in a band, you you know, any kind of band, you realize how integral everybody ends up being. Unless you're four string trombone, in which case you can be me and just pretend like you're playing along. <laughs> let the let the first through third string do their thing. I'm just trying to get through this class with like a B. You said string instead of chairs. So oh, really confused. Oh, did like, I say four string? Oh, but still string. You know, you can be a four string quarterback. That's what I was thinking. Right, right. It's chair. chair. And it's chair and band. Come on. Right. So I was fourth chair always. I don't think I ever moved up. I mean, I if, was first chair tuba because I was the only tuba. Benefits. So the benefits of being two of us. <laughs> there you go. All right. So that is the end of the episode. What a great episode that was. Because of the, I was going to say the snow, but it's been snowing ash. So forgive me for Legit messing that up. Ash on cars and in the, from the sky. It's, yes. It's it's so much there now that like if you like scrape the top of your car, because this was like three days ago that they started raining ash. Mm-hmm. It's just caked on. Okay. It's caked on now. So there's going to be lots of, especially because we're not going to get rain for a while. So people are, there's going to be a lot of car washes. I mean, there's already a lot of car washes, <laughs> which is something inexplicable that I still don't understand about the Northwest. Yeah, I know. But people are going to love it. I'm not going to, I won't participate. <laughs> Save my money. Um, so we're not going to do a mixed up confusion. But I, I thought that we could um, jump in with some a couple more recommendations. Just um Kind of keep that boat going. Uh, promise we're going to get another one soon. Uh, we'll probably do a big wrap-up maybe of the month that we lost. Um, but, Kelly, in addition to this and getting your wisdom teeth out and um, your state being on fire, what else compelled you this week? <laughs> I started watching iZombie, <laughs> <laughs> which is the only thing I've been doing because I can't. I couldn't get out of bed this weekend. Um, oh, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Last time you uh, watched a, a show called Game of Thrones, the fr- when you got your gallbladder taken. That's right. That's right. And now we've devolved into iZombie. Hey, it's not as good a show, but it is really good. It it's, can't be as good of a it's show. It's got strong Buffy vibes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We live, do love Buffy. Oh. <laughs> this is a good Speaking moment. of. <laughs> no, we'll get to it in a moment. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I don't like their version of zombie lore, but... I mean, the the main character, she's a medical examiner who happens to be a zombie. And she eats people's brains and then, like, has their memories and stuff. And I don't know. It it, I know. It doesn't sound good when I explain <laughs> it, but it, it's good. It's convenient good. Convenient career is convenient. It's it's campy and it's good. And it's, like, it's not a super intense show. It's it's just really, I like That's it a lot. Nice. Um, and there was a Bob Dylan reference on the episode we just watched. What? So they were playing a fake version of um, Fuck, Mary Kill. Which was called Due Date Delete because they're on the CW, so they can't cuss. Uh, it's kind of great, though. And the, the choices were Bob Dylan, Dylan McDermott, and Dermot Mulroney. Hmm. Do Dylan McDermott date Bob Dylan, delete Dermot Mulroney. Really? Did you not see his turn on New Girl? I found him delightful. Oh, I thought Dylan McDermott was from my best friend's wedding. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's Dermot Mulroney. I deleted the wrong Dermot. Wait a minute. What if, what if the wrong guy got killed? Oh, and she was like, do Bob Dylan. I was like, yeah, I, I just said <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Gotta. Can't marry him because he'll just cheat on you. Yeah. You don't delete him. Oh, my God. No, you have yeah. to fuck him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's the only option, really. Okay. So there you go. My zombie. That's, That's it. it. That's all I got. Uh, I want to shout out, um, kind of on a somber note, uh, Walter Becker of Steely Dan. One half of Steely Dan passed away this week. Um, so I, I went back and listened to everything from Can't Buy a Thrill all the way on to um, Everything Must Go in 2003. They are an incredible band, and we use Kings throughout the whole run of our Game of Thrones. It's a great song. They've written so many great songs. And they are, I mean, he is such a talented writer and a talented guitarist. So 
super sad that that happened. Um, and that band is, is fascinating with what it was able to do in the time that it had before the demons of, you know, rock and roll of that time took over somebody like Walter Becker. So uh, it's kind of sad that they didn't get more years to play more music and that things happened the way they did, but they had a run that's kind of unrivaled classic record after classic record. So if you haven't listened to Steely Dan, I highly recommend it. I also want to um, shout out two podcasts. Um, one is from Jacobin Radio. It's called The Dig. This week, I, I would recommend the uh, show uh, with uh, Kate Aronoff on the populist revolt against the climate crisis. And then I want to recommend something called Heartland History, a podcast from the Midwest History Association. Fucking awesome. I just, do- I just dove right into this. There are so many great stories about the Midwest that just don't get told. And so there's, there, there's only probably about 40 episodes total over the last year and a half. So I highly recommend it. And you know what? They use SoundCloud. So I'm going to embed one of them uh, on here. So first podcast embed. <laughs> <laughs> And sucks for you because everyone you've ever given me is not embeddable. That's fine. And also, if you've never listened to a band called Against Me, go listen to them because we are going to see them on Sunday. I know. Which is crazy. I can't believe it's already come up. I we bought these tickets two months ago. Because my mouth is sensitive. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she's like, just stand in the back. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to be fine. All right. <laughs> we are a real podcast in case you didn't know. Um, we really appreciate you listening. We appreciate the kind words throughout the week. Um, you know, just wishing us safety. And we also want to say that we have another podcast out. Doesn't it's not out yet, but it will be out. Well, well guess, <laughs> no, no. it exists in the world. No, it, well, it, okay. Season two of If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me uh, comes out on Friday the 15th. That's right. Um, so this this will come out on Monday. By the end of the week, you're not going to have you're not going to have a nice little mix up confusion there on Thursday. You so might as well listen wait. to Buffy podcast on Friday. Absolutely. And so we're going to be going with the show as we did last year. The whole thing is we do an episode on the date that it aired 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So we're following along. We're in season two. We started last year. We're going now. So please join us for that as well. Um, all right. So this is the part of the episode that we pick next week. Dun, dun, dun. Let's have a glass. Cooking jam. I was typing in four fifths. I know. That happened to me earlier when I was looking for the lyrics. BobDylan.com acted like it wasn't a real song. It's like, come on. Is that really a leap? Just search time around. Like, right. God. Come on. Be a real, be a real thing. All right. So we're deleting 144. All right. So we are at one out of 506. Kelly, what is your guess? In seven weeks, we'll be less than 500 songs. That's crazy. Yeah. By the end of this, by the end of this season, which will be in December. We're going to be under five. Two or three. 36. Cool. It is just going cool, really cool, cool. slender. So you said two or three? Yeah. All right. In a different world, maybe a better one, maybe a worse one. <laughs> uh, okay. It's a song called Broke Down Engine, uh, which is a cover off of 1993's World Gone Wrong. Is that about a fucking train? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this were, this was his, um, we listened to Little Maggie, Good As It Been To You. That was 92. In 93, he came out with World Gone Wrong, which was a um, another acoustic album. So more post-war blues, I think. In the covers, one. too? All covers, yeah. Okay. Just him and a guitar and harmonica, I assume. Maybe on some of them. So that's one world that we're not going to. Oh, I'm so nervous. 36. All right. It's a great song called Seven Curses, uh, which is off of uh, originally heard on the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. Um, but there's also the Whitmark demos, a uh, Bootleg Series Volume 9 version. At least only two that I know of 
Uh, this was an original song that just never made it onto the records. Yeah, so we're going to be doing that next week. So it's Bob and a Bob and a harmonica. We have not had anything from his first. If you want to count Bob Dylan, which for me, Freewheeling Bob Dylan is really the first album, but we have not had anything from that. But we've had Talking John Birch Blues, uh, Hard Times in New York Town, and this. All three songs that aren't even on those. Yeah, bootlegs, if you will, from that period. But we've never just had a fucking album song yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure he played it live, so maybe I'll try to find a cut of him playing it. But anyways, next week, Seven Curses. That's it. Don't be dumb in dry areas with fire. Yeah, be safe, Be safe with hurricanes, please. Yes, yes. I have family in South Florida. That's where I'm from, so. People are usually pretty prepared in South Florida because this is common, but it's still scary and and dangerous. And I'm sorry for people in the Caribbean because, holy shit, they're getting rocked. Good luck, Puerto Rico. I'm sorry. Yeah. And Houston, stay strong. We are here as well. I hope it rains. I hope we can clear these fires. And just be smarter as human beings. That's all I can fucking hope for. So please be safe. And just be fucking smart. Be smart. Be smart. Be nice. Be nice. This is coming from Sign on the Window. (laughs) So you better listen. All right. We'll see you next week for Seven Curses. Be safe with your windows.